That's a beautiful tune. Welcome all. Welcome to the Reardon Report. I am Hank Reardon, fulfillment journalist with Conk News. I am part of Conk.News. We do podcasts a couple a week. Let's uh, let's get Jennifer here. Hold on. Uh, you know the... Oh, there's a ring. We're ringing. Hello? Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Hank Reardon with the Reardon Report at Conk News. How are you today? Great, Hank. How are you? Well, we're in Minnesota, so it could always be better, but it isn't yeah. snowing. Uh, now, you're, well, you're, a, you're a West Coaster, right? I am. I'm Southern California. Beautiful. Yeah, I have a former tax write-off that lives down there, down in Laguna. Very, uh-huh. very jealous. Very jealous. So, <laughs> well, she's uh, or he or she is she, close to me because yes. I'm, uh, she, yeah, I'm in uh, Fountain Valley, which is just a little north. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, beautiful yeah. territory. Um, so very again, nice I want to welcome Jennifer Oliver O'Connell to the Reardon Report. Um, Jennifer wrote an article a couple weeks ago about the gig economy, and I thought that's where we would start. If you just kind of want to recap what you um, – we love talking business on the Reardon Report. So I have a bunch of other stuff, but that article you wrote, um, I'm not sure how many people understand, but if they actually pull this off and make the Uber employees or Lyft employees – or the Uber or Lyft subcontractors, actual employees, what what a negative, I, I believe that's a negative thing for future generations. Yeah, thanks for having me, Hank. And uh, the, the people fail to understand really what's going on at all. Uh, they don't understand that their dental assistant, their hygienist, <laughs> their nail person, uh, the person who does their hair, all of these people are independent contractors. And if they try to pigeonhole one quote unquote gig economy, which is what they did in California, uh, going after the gig drivers and then affecting, oh, about 4.5 million other employee, you know, people who are independent professionals. When you go after that, it's this broad brush sweeping of everybody and basically ruining their income. Independent contractors are really small businesses of a, of single, of a single person. We are our own employees. Uh, so to constantly lump us in, for, first of all, diminishing what we do with the term gig economy, I feel is wrong. And then to diminish what we do further by trying to say we're misclassified is even more egregious. It, it's definitely a relentless pursuit of labor to wipe out independent contractors because they've been doing this since AB five is going on three years, uh, you know, for at least longer than that, but they succeeded with AB five and now they're trying to, trying to push it nationally. Yes. Yeah. And, and in the construction industry, um, again, there's lots of independent contractors um, yes. and so the, you know, and, and for our audience, what we're talking about is your, your independence. You don't want to work for corporation X. You've got your toolkit 
or skills, and you want to go wherever you feel you can make the most money. The minute, well, definitely. Yeah, the minute you're employed, all of a sudden you get their handbook and all their other Mickey Mouse stuff. If you can stay an independent contractor and produce for them, basically you're a paid, a commission paid person. Generally, people think sure. of salespeople as just being commissioned. But anyone in a gig um, or sole solepreneur, um, you know, they take care of. And the thing is, you're at, the way the tax code is, folks, is you're hosed. You pay both sides of the tax. If you work for someone, the employer pays half. Exactly. Like, as well as you miss out on all of the the benefits and deductions, you know, as an, as an independent contractor, I can deduct the materials that I use. I can deduct my travel. I can, you know, there are things that set up. I can deduct my office space, the office that I'm sitting in podcasting. I can deduct that space. If, I, if I'm considered an employee by someone, I can't do that. Right, right. We, I interviewed a CPA, I don't know, probably three months ago because I, I, I want to look outside the box. So I get this uh, CPA on, and I just present the question to her, why can't we set up sole, per, uh, be a, a sole LLC, right? Is that, am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then have my, if I've got to work for a company and they want to hire me, why can't I have them hire my sole LLC so I can deduct the miles to the office and the pencils and the shirts and stuff? And like in any good accountant, I mean, they don't want to see the system busted up because they barely can keep up with the crap that's in there. Right. And so if it busts up, like, yeah, hey, everyone's going to be a sole, have a sole LLC. And then everyone gets to share in the, in the deductions. Um, and then the other thing I presented to her was, is the tax code the same? We're in Minnesota. Is a sole or a subchapter S corporation under the same tax code as 3M or Target? Or Medtronics. Right. Right. And what it's your, yes. Yeah. And your, we are. Uh, yeah. And, right. and it's like, okay, this is, I mean, as this economy, we were going to, we talked about it earlier here in the year, were we going to just skid along our belly when this plane hits the ground? No, we're, we're going in like that Chinese airliner. We're headed down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so with that, maybe some of this stuff can change if we can get the word out there of, hey, the way to fight this is everyone just declare, just start your own sole um, LLC and take it to your employer and say, hey, if you want me to work here, this is who you're hiring, and force it onto the system um, because that pressure, the economy, because it's going is in trouble and going to get to be worse. Maybe we can do that as a collective. Well, unfortunately, under this new labor change that they are trying to push, uh, and this is beyond the PRO Act, they realize they can't get the PRO Act to pass. It'll take them another several years, especially if they lose the Senate. They know it's gone forever. So they're trying to change the FLSA, uh, the Federal Labor uh, Statute, to 
basically say you are an employee, so therefore you need to be here and you're a business, so you can be here. One, that's not the government's decision to decide who's a business, who's not a business. That's way too much stuff for the government to deal with, as well as they don't understand half of what most Americans do in terms of a business. But they're trying to revise the actual labor code in order to not only condemn solopreneurs, but they're also trying to get at businesses. So even if you do categorize yourself as an LLC or an S corporation under AB five, I had to become an S corporation in order to do all the things that I do. And they can still come after me personally. They're not supposed to, but they still can. Uh, so it, it doesn't even matter if you choose to incorporate or choose to be a business under this new federal labor statute that they're trying to revise they are going after businesses as well as the independent. It's an adversarial government. They yes. don't want, they don't want independence for the business person. They want everybody underneath a union or under, you know, or doing the work that they want you to do. Yeah. Or they might let you subcontract in the construction industry to Lowe's or Home Depot cuz they'll say to Home Depot and Lowe's you got enough attorneys and and bean counters. You'll police these animals well enough, we won't even have to worry about it. And that's where I really see this coming. Um, And a couple industries I consult in um, are heavy energy consumers. And so the way they make their products, they consume tons of energy, the way they transport their products. And I can just see, and I've brought this up to some of my clients, like, have you ever thought of if your supplier said, hey, our corporation, this big corporation has said, the government's put pressure on them to say, just distribute through the local Home Depot the products. You can go there as an independent contractor and pick it up and go install it, but we don't want that truck all over the neighborhoods. We just want it to go to the Home Depot. It's going to save the earth. Everything will be better. And they look at me like I have two heads, but that's why they don't get rid of me because I think that way. And now they're starting to think that way with you know, some of them have energy surcharges of 23%. Mm-hmm. So the consumer's paying a quarter of whatever they're paying is in the because of the transportation cost. Well, we have uh, an entire trucking industry that's been basically cut off at the knees thanks to Assembly Bill 5 in California. And, you know, imagine that nationally <laughs> under these new requirements, everybody suffers from that. Every trucker that I know is either an independent contractor or they're considered an owner operator. They contract other people underneath them. And in California, that's essentially been destroyed, which has made the supply chain in this state suffer. And they want to spread this nationally. That's only one example of our way of life and the way we exist that's going to be affected by all of this. Yeah, right. And and that's the thing. They love these little test pockets. And I, I Jennifer, I'm oh, Tim sorry. Conaway. That's Tim okay. Conaway is, is running the board here. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not, No, no, you guys You're were... the original gangster. I got to watch it. You, you guys were doing... <laughs> You guys were doing great, and I uh, so I was staying out of it. But a couple of things that Jennifer uh, said struck with me: the truck drivers. I have been in the 
uh, warehousing and distribution industry. And so I, I cannot imagine how it would work. All the trucks, I worked at a, at a candy warehouse, and these guys would come and load up truckloads of candy, you know, all of it going to Costco or like six different loads that were going to be dropped off here and there at different stores or, you know, all of it going to some distribution center. So, you know, all of these and every one of them was uh, an owner-operator. Mm-hmm. So how, you know, are would they have been working for our warehouse then if under this thing where they're, you know, they can no longer be independent or would they be working for the person they were delivering the stuff to? Because after they dropped that load off, they went to some other distributor of some other product and picked that up. You know, it, it might mm-hmm. be candy one day. It, it might be food. They were all refrigerated trucks. So it's usually some kind of food thing. But now, you know, now they're going to a, a grocery store distribution center and and, you know, next they're picking up stuff from farms and taking it to a processing center. So I can't imagine how that would work. And then in terms of, of journalism, I used to employ uh, hundreds of freelance writers and photographers and illustrators. So all of those people would have had to have become my employees <laughs> Exactly. And, exactly. With, with all the benefits, with all of the labor costs. When I was an employee, it's been almost 15 years. So glad I'm I'm not anymore. Um, and, you know, we, we choose independence for a reason. And that was one of the reasons. I think I spent, what, two or three hours just on paperwork. And you were pigeonholed into when you can work, when you needed to take a break when you took vacation, how much vacation you got. Um, you know, there, there are people who would rather choose their own hours, work 80 hours, and then take a vacation for several weeks. They they bring confusion. What, what these government regulations do is that it brings confusion into a system that works not only for your independence, but really works for the better good of business owners as well. Uh, I am sure it is much easier for businesses as well as you as a contractor of journalists and writers to have a specific person who can do a specific assignment at a specific time rather than have someone on staff who's, who maybe knows the subject, maybe not. Well, but yeah, exactly. you, you have to pitch and hold because you need to do an use an employee. You throw the work at them, right. or you double their workload because you're limited to. Well, I can't really hire a contractor for this because. Yeah, well, uh, that it, was it's brought so much confusion. Yeah, in, that, into the industry. Well, that you know, and that's what I was thinking. Uh, these writers work for us. You know, we might buy four stories from them in a year. Uh, Right. Otherwise, we, you know, what they covered or what they did, we didn't necessarily appeal to us. We wanted to go to a different person for the next story and, and, uh, you know, the next topic. And for them, (laughs) you know, they didn't want to work for us. They wanted to, they wanted the freedom to, uh, you know, uh, 
sell stories to as many magazines as they could. And, you know, every magazine has a different a, approach, a, uh, you know, a different uh, markets. And, uh, you know, they could cover all that. Plus, you know, many of them were trying to work on books at the same time that they did this. So I just cannot see how this benefits either party. Uh, it it can only benefit the government. That's and yes. and how it benefits the government, I guess, is just the control, the simplicity. And I and I think, um, and Jennifer, we're going to take a break here in a minute. Um, but sure. I think Conway, what happens with this, and this is what people have to understand. All of a sudden, this writer is an employee of the corporation. Now they got to kiss that ass because they don't they can't get fired because then they got to go right. work for another corporation. So all of a sudden, the stories, the ingenuity, the creativity comes with the handbook. Like, you know, you got to show up at eight, take your break at 1030. There's things you were talking about, Jennifer, and that's not America. That's that's yeah. England. That's the you know, Mr. Blackface up in Canada. That's how he runs his shit. That isn't America. That isn't America. America is, I got a great idea. I live next to a junkyard. I'm working on it in my garage, and I can't wait to tell my boss, who's a terrible boss, I got my own thing going, I'm out. That's what made this country great. It's in our souls. You're born with it here. People that show up can't speak the language. They catch that. Yeah. That's what you catch in America. They capture it and they grow with it. And we are, you have a government who's trying to kill that. (laughs) Yes, because they want control. They like the bells and whistles of everything that these independent entrepreneurs build. They love the things in their homes and stuff. They don't like that they don't have control. So we're going to take a break. Uh, We have. Jennifer Oliver O'Connell on the Hank Reardon or the Reardon Report. Man, I'm all out of sorts. Uh, We'll take a break. We'll be back in a minute. All right. Welcome back to the Reardon Report. I'm Hank Reardon, fulfillment journalist with Conk News. Running the big board today is Mr. Conaway. I slipped on that last time, so I apologize. No big deal. He's the original gangster. You don't want to mess with him. He'll meet you in a parking lot. And I, I, I brought my sexy voice today <laughs> just for right. Jennifer. <laughs> uh, and we're, we're, we're graced on the Reardon Report with Jennifer Oliver O'Connell. Um, really, I've, I've been reading a bunch of your bio, uh, San Diego, I think it was a journal or something, did a really great ec- article on you that uh, about, and you s- just explained how um, just life threw some things at you, and I love how you said, I got away from being an employee 15 years ago. That's how it should be in this country. That is how yeah. it should be. I'm in a bunch of business peer groups. I've, I love peer groups because I love talking to other business owners, we all have the same problems. We all have the same issues. They just come wrapped in different things. And talking about it is um, very important to, to run a good organization and to, and to stay ahead of the curve. I brought this last yeah. month. Um, I'm 57, or I'll be 57 in December. So, you know, my there's more of my career in the past than in the future. Um 
And so I brought the question because everyone talks about the books they read. Now we got some young bucks that are, you know, 30, barely can shave. Um, and then a couple older bastards like me. And so I brought in, everyone's going around about, oh, you should read this book, do this, do that. And I'm like, at some point, aren't we done with that? I mean, do you, at 57, do I need to figure out another deal? So then I get savage. Well, things are changing, things are changing, things are changing. So I said, well, everyone's heard of EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. They're advertising it on on, on the radio and stuff. And I said to my group, okay, everyone in our group's doing the EOS. Yep, oh, yeah, yep, we all drank that Kool-Aid. I'm like, well, I really wanted to be Bill Gates or Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. Those guys never talk about that crap. They took their brilliant idea and just took it to the stars. They weren't worried about any of that crap. Boy, did I really get shot down there. What do you think? How many business, when should you be done reading business books as a business owner? Never. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, The the business that, that lasts and that grows, you know, depending on how much you want it to grow, are the businesses that continually learn, continually adapt, uh, continually change. Part of the reason why you have dying businesses, uh, think Amazon versus a bookstore, <laughs> is because someone decided, oh, I just have this little corner and I like this little corner and I don't have to adapt to the market or change to, you know, come to my customers, to, for lack of a better term. And that, if you want to stay alive, you learn to adapt, you learn to change. That's kind of a lot of what I said in the San Diego Voyager article. You, you pivot. And the way you pivot is you continually learn, you continue to pay attention to what's happening in the market. And the people who don't want to have to keep doing that because it, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of hustle, uh, yeah, they, they sell their business or they go do something else. Uh, the book that I co-authored with Benjamin Janey called How uh, the Making of an American Hip-Hop Tycoon. And he talks about this is how you you build your brand and build your business and, you know, b- become who you are. But, it, you know, the focus is you you learn to innovate and create. And it's, this is a wonderful American dream. And then when you're ready to move on, you you either find something else to do or, as I said, you sell it or you reinvent it in, in such a way where it's it's going to give life to, to someone else. Uh, Benjamin is now working on, you know, taking his technology arm and doing something different with it. And, that and, is, so, yes. you, and so you can't, you know, if you don't keep growing and don't keep seeing in the future – then that's when your business falters. That's when, you know, you, you stop being relevant. And you call it being a transitioner. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great Le- term. Learn, learning to transition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Transi- being a transition, I have to hear, are you ever not a transitioner? Uh, and, I, and in I, business, I think the word is no, because all of a sudden everyone has to work from home. Something else changes. Right. So I ended my conversation with my peer group with, what if you Tiger Woods your business? (laughs) You are a champion. You're the best golfer ever. 
but someone said, or you said yourself, I got to change my swing. Now my back hurts, my leg hurts. So that's how I closed it is, how do you measure if you're going to Tiger Woods your business? I'll let you know in a month because be, I'll be bringing that back to let people, because I, I want that response. I think that's it. There's a fine line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I believe there's a fine line. So I call it the Tiger Woods effect. And again, they didn't like when I said, well, Gates and all those guys didn't worry about the entrepreneurial operating system. They just took their little idea and drove it to the moon. Yeah. Yeah, no, t- Tiger Woods is actually a good example of that because, yeah, th- you're not always going to stay on top. Some of his choices probably helped that along. And so now he's he's working with his son. He's building the next generation of golfers. Yes. And, you know, that, that that's forward thinking. He's still not trying to, you know, go out there and, you know, win the win that he still plays, but, you know, being at the top and winning uh, is not something that he keeps clawing for and keeps holding on to. Right. Yes. Yep. And, and that, so, um, so that, that's my, that, that's how the world comes into my brain. Um, your website as the girl turns beautiful, just beautiful as the girl turns.com. I just, I love the title. Um, I looked at the website. It's wonderful. Um, I like to run three questions by guests. Do you have time? Are we okay? Are you okay with time? Yes, I am perfect. Okay. Um, so here's the three, not in any particular order. Uh, well, we already answered. We already presented number two about the tax code between privately held and publicly traded. Um, that is the screwy thing about our tax code. Yeah. It's uh, it's again the government can't have anything different because they're just a big. They're, they're a BMF. Yeah, and, and and you have to. And frankly, I I wish we had parties that a party that had a spine. If they do get back in power, if they do win in uh, November, that they would do some type of defunding or severely cutting the Internal Revenue Service. Yeah, it's yes. a mess. Yep. I, I as a business owner. I cannot even get a hold of anybody <laughs> at the IRS. They actually owe me money. They sent a check. They sent it to the wrong address. Uh, you know, I arranged to get that changed, but there's no one that I can reach to say, please send me my money. Right. That's unconscionable. Right. I pay taxes. But keep every receipt. Don't you lose a receipt. Yeah. Yep. You All got right. it. Or, so, or, or don't you owe them money? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, so, well, that leads, that's a good segue into uh, one of my, the number two question of my three is, do you have the formula for paying your fair share? Uh, what, what is fair share? I mean, that, 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 that well, is hey, hold question. on, they say pay your fair share. There must be a formula, right? <laughs> I haven't heard their formula because that, that's immediately what I ask when they come up with that. It's like, well, what's fair share? Right. And no no, you know? no one with a microphone says to any politician, well, are you paying yours? And how do you know? Right. Right. Exactly. How is that exactly. verified? You know, 
and how does fair share look in California as opposed to Minnesota? Yes, right. Or, or New or New Mexico. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's it's ridiculous. It's like if I make as a couple, I am a couple. If we make oh sixty thousand dollars a year, that we're poverty level, frankly, in California. Whereas if I make $60,000 a year in Indiana or maybe some parts of Minnesota, I'm doing fine. I'm probably rich. Yep. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, it's what, a what total, is, is fair share? It's, it's a dog whistle is what it is. They don't like Big it. Time. It's, it's a huge dog whistle. All right. Here's the whopper. This is a lightning strike driving to the office one morning. Did Hunter Biden leave the laptop? As a cry for help. His sister left her diary at a halfway house. Hunter Biden left, actually left two computers. And and here's my, in my theory, I'm not a psychologist. I need one. You don't, in your drunkest day, you found your car. If you have that yeah. kind of important stuff on a computer, you go find it. I don't care. You can say he's a crackhead and he's all. I believe he put all his ills on there, along with his father's, because he knows his father's evil. And how else do you take one of the most evil people in the world down, plus more, most powerful, without exposing your underside and just putting it out there like, yep, this stuff's coming out. Here it is. But here's the other stuff. Here's the voicemail from my dad saying, oh, that news article looks like you're going to skate. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Is it a psychological cry for help? I see it less as a psychological cry for help as a passive aggressive way of getting back at Biden, Jill, Joe, Joe and Jill. Frankly, That's beautiful because uh, she's the uh, she's the brains behind the one that does not have a brain or whose brain is in questionable state. Uh, so yeah. It's 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 definitely that there's a lot of resent you know you can see the underbelly of resentment in some of their communications that have been leaked or that have come off the laptop, uh, you know I don't I don't see this as a family that actually really likes each other. <laughs> so, no, no, right, and, and, and they couldn't and, from and, the beginning. And, and these, right, and these children have been. I mean, if he if it's true that he took showers with Ashley. That's abuse. If it is true that he did, you know, basically pimped his son out to be his money, his bag man, his son who was already emotionally fragile and personally fragile, that's abuse. So they are basically, you know, it's their way of getting back at their abuser. That's how I see it. That's a great way to put it. I love it. That helps because, again, you don't have that. No one collects that stuff and then forgets it. Like yeah, I say, exactly. you you know, we've all had a bad night, New Year's or Thanksgiving, and you go clean her up somehow. You track it down. Yeah, and and if it was, I mean, there's so much on there that indicts you as well. I mean, they, they said there, you know, I hear from sources that there's stuff on there that's just truly disgusting. Yeah. 
you yep. you wouldn't want to lose that stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. You, you, you'd find a way to get it right. back. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he didn't leave it at a car repair shop. He left it at a computer repair shop that people knew how to get into it and see what's on there. Exactly. I mean, that, that's that's the uh, uh, it, it's an amazing story. No one wants to run down. That, that, Miranda that no Devine has done a little bit with it, but I've even left her messages like, "Hey, is this a cry for help?" And mm-hmm. it's just been crickets. We've put this out for months, and we haven't heard. Mm-hmm. Anyone else pick it up? Like, what is, why would you not go after it? Why would you forget it or lose it? Because no one wants to really touch it. They want to, you know, see what happens with the probe and whether he gets indicted or not. And frankly, I don't even, again, I don't think that's the greater crux of what's going on here. It is, yeah. Why is no one, Trump's daughter, you know, got some buying rights for one of her business in China and, you know, it was plastered all over the front page news and what a horrible human being she is and what a horrible father he is. Yet no one's talking about Joe Biden as a father and this behavior. (laughs) It's like, that's a newsworthy story. It may not be front page, but it's something, as you said, that needs to be explored and nobody's touching it. No, no, no. It is the uh, look the other way. It's what two-year-olds yeah. do when they don't like someone in the room. They just turn their head. <laughs> you don't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. They go off and play. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Right. Oh, man. It's been great talking with you. I hope I can have you back. You most definitely can. It's been a great time. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Uh, again, this is a Reardon Report, and we've been uh, honored to have Jennifer Oliver O'Connell on here from asthegirlturns.com. Um, she's a consultant, author, yoga instructor and trainer, um, wife. So we, we, we're all married. We all know what that means. <laughs> You're keeping someone's <laughs> life organized because we can't do it on our own. That's right. Uh, I have one thing to finish with. Helen Keller okay. said, avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. The fearful are caught as often as the bold. When COVID hit, a friend of mine sent me that, and it's like, you know what, I read that every day. And with your yeah. tra- transitioner tag or the way you approach life i think uh that fits right along with that that yeah avoiding danger you're just you gotta move yes the completion of that quote is the fuller quote i love it and i've actually used it in other things but she says at the end life is either a daring adventure or nothing and to me that sums it up Exactly. Exactly. You you are the heroine or hero of your your story, your adventure. Make the most of it. Don't allow government. Don't allow anything else to restrict you from doing that. As much as they try. Right. Well said. All right, Jennifer. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Bye bye. All right. That was Jennifer Oliver O'Connell. From asthegirlturns.com. She's the American story.
she's got she's had if you read her bio it's it's just great she just never gave up never quit um so we're really fortunate peters has interviewed her um in the dark a couple times uh and i just really feel fortunate that we were able to have her on the reardon report and that ends our uh little wednesday tour okay that was good yeah she's she's very uh bright and uh you know and right right with it you know she yeah she's in the trenches and she knows that it's yeah what you're being told isn't what's actually happening the gig economy thing has tentacles oh yeah into everyone's pocket yeah well it's just i like i said i i cannot understand how it can actually function how that can actually work in in any of the areas that i've worked in where independent contractors are a standard part of the process and you know any and like you said other play uh, contracting i mean you know that's 80% of contracting is independent contractors and and i would say that 95% of the companies that use independent contractors don't need these people full time. They just need them occasionally for certain functions that are outside the core business. So it. And you it, can't be a part time employee for 17 different. Um, oh, no, no. In the trucking world that you're talking about. I mean, that the paperwork on both sides, the thing just implodes. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they want to take something that's functioning. And the unions are like, well, we need, we've got the taxi cab drivers basically unionized. We've got to get the, the gig oh, yeah. drivers unionized. Um, and that's another story that we will uh, explore down the road. Um, but that's it for today. I'm Hank Reardon. This has been the Reardon Report for Wednesday, October 26th, 2022. Again, we want to thank Jennifer Oliver O'Connell from asthegirlturns.com for sharing a half hour of her time with us. We'll see you next week.